world. Not just because she's, she's good looking and sweet and godly and kind, but because she's a woman of God who preaches and prays and hears from God. And so I know that she's going to do a great job. This, this is the only time I get to bring a special speaker to the, to the pulpit that I get to kiss. He's such a mess. He was so proud. Recently, we had uh, our kids. We dug out our DVD from our wedding, and uh, we hadn't watched it. We married for 18 years, haven't watched the DVD. So we dug it out. We made the kids watch it. It was kind of painful for them. Well, then he gets to the kiss part, and he literally replayed it like four times for them just to terrorize their souls <laughs> and, and explain to them how he did such a good job on his wedding kiss. <laughs> Anyway, all right. Well, if you are a child under the age of 12, if you would come up here, I would love that. You can help me. Come on up and just come here right around the front. All right. These are going to be my helpers. The first thing I want to do is I want you, if you are a mother in this place, I would like for you to stand Stand up if you are a mother. All right, let's give a round of applause to all of our mothers. Happy Mother's Day. We appreciate you all so much. I tease my mom sometimes and I say, I literally would not be here without you. <laughs> we would not be here without you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You may be seated. All right. To kids, we have a gift for all of our ladies, because I know that some are not mothers, not because they did not want to be, but because God chose for them not to be. So we have a gift for all of our mothers. Isn't it high class this year? Not a flower. It's a water bottle. So you can take one of these and hand them out to all the ladies that are about 25 and older, okay? You get to guess. Here you go. Take a water bottle and start handing them. Give them to your moms and your grandmas first. Yep. And then give them to all the ladies. Yeah, it's okay, Titus. Just Is there any lady over the age of 25 that has not received a water bottle yet? Oh, look at the hands. Look at the hands. Lots of ladies that still need their water bottles. Anybody that has not received one yet, keep your hand up. We have a, someone in the back. Sister Sinya hasn't got her water bottle yet. And if we have extras, you can give them to these beautiful ladies on the front row right here. On the right side, the hyphen age. 
They'll be our next mothers of the church. <laughs> All right. And with that, our Rock Church children are dismissed to go down to your classes. All right, I am so thankful for their energy. And I'm always happy to be at a church. One of my highlights of this morning so far was the fact that we have to actually set a time to start opening our small groups because they're so excited to get into it. I mean, <laughs> it's like an exclusive place. That, that made me smile. So I'm very, very happy uh, to be here speaking today. I enjoy speaking on Mother's Day. Um, and it's always one of the highlights of my year. But, you know, it can also be a bit stressful as I try and think what God would have me to speak and what he would want me to say each Mother's Day. You know, I give my husband hundreds of sermon ideas, literally weekly, and I'm very, very good at that. But it's a little bit more difficult to actually flesh that idea out and study it and prepare it, you know. So I am so thankful for what he does. He's not even here to hear my kudos. Maybe I should save him. He can listen to him later. <laughs> but I am so thankful for what he does every single week for us in preparing messages. Aren't you all? Welcome to a round of applause. So some years, God gives me a thought sooner rather than later um, that I'm going to speak. But this year was a bit strange. Shocking. This year is a bit strange, huh? <laughs> Everything about this year so far is a bit strange. And as a church, we're in a strange place as well. You know, we're walking in places we've never walked before, and we're experiencing things in God that we've not experienced before. We talked about this last, time at our praise team, last night at our praise team meeting, that we're just out of our comfort zones in so many different ways. And we're completely dependent on God. He is shaking us up. And our first response is always to feel discomfort. But take heart. Throughout the entire word of God, when God was at work among his people, he was displacing them. He was calling them out of their homelands. He was calling them away from what they thought that they knew, what they wanted. He was allowing them to live in tents. He was allowing them to wander having no homes of their own. God did some interesting things with his people. In the New Testament, he scattered his church, allowed persecution to come and scattered them for the purpose of declaring the gospel throughout all the nations. He was making a great nation in the midst of all these things that he was doing. And he was putting his favor and his blessing upon them. He was increasing them financially. He was increasing them numerically. He was revealing his power through miracles and wonders. He was positioning them for his purpose, not for their own comfort. So I just find it interesting that God is doing the same thing to us in this moment and in this time. It is his purpose where we're at right now, and he knows exactly where we are. So let's just take a moment and thank him for that right now. Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We thank you that you know exactly where we are. You thank you, we thank you that you know exactly what's going on in this church, in our families, in our homes, in our lives, Lord, that you have a purpose and that you have a plan in everything that you are doing, God. We will be thankful and we will be grateful and we will not complain and we will not whine in the midst of what you are doing. But Lord, we will praise you and we will thank you, God, until it comes. We will give you glory in Jesus' name. Persecution led to the greatest revival the world has ever known. And God sometimes allows situations that feel badly to us in order to ultimately grow us and to prosper his people. 
He works all things for our good. Say, for our good. Romans 8, 28 says, and we know for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. So no matter what we're facing or what we're going through, we can take heart that he knows. Um, I always share my personal stories with you all. You know, that's who I am. So here you go. <laughs> but, you know, I'm a transparent person. But recently, some of you know, some of you don't, that we had a situation with Titus. And Titus is a type 1 diabetic for anyone here that may not know that. And so he's completely dependent on insulin. It's not, he's not something he can grow out of. It's not something that will heal itself. God has to heal him in order for him not to have this. So he was diagnosed at three. He's almost eight now. So it's almost been five years. Well, in February of this year, he started actually kind of more in November. He started developing just strange reactions to insulin. And so we started changing his insulin pumps, and we started doing all these things, changing his insulin types, different things. And it was just getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse to the point where he got, he would put the, we'd put the sights on him. And, you know, these are needles. When I say sights, I'm not talking about, you know, just a little jab. I'm talking about, you know, a needle every single time. So over and over again, he'd put the sights on him, and within five, eight hours, they would be swollen, and they'd look like cellulitis for anyone that knows anything about healthcare. So his doctor was like, I think he has cellulitis. I'm like, no, we just put a sight on there. So he was reacting to his insulin, reacting, 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 and we didn't know what to do. So we were at Renew, and he was his blood sugars weren't coming down because his body was just swelling around wherever the insulin would go and it wasn't absorbing into his body. And we were in the, just this place, like we don't, we don't have any idea what to do. So Pastor and I drove home at two in the morning to come home and try and get another kind of insulin because we've been trying all these types and the doctor prescribed a new one. So we came home to get the insulin and to try the insulin. And we get home, it's on him for a couple of hours and boom, brand new insulin, brand new reaction. On the way I had researched and there were six known type 1 diabetics in the United States who are allergic to insulin. Insulin keeps them alive. It's like you being allergic to food. And we didn't know what we were going to do, and there's some, all these different things that you're going through our minds, and there's a surgery where they can implant something in their stomach, and it's just, just a very, very dark moment for us. So we're trying to research, we're trying to figure it out. His endocrinologists at Children's Mercy are like, we've never seen this, we have no idea, we don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. We're just stuck. And I'm going, God, it's hard enough having type 1 diabetes, but to have type 1 and not have a, a way to get insulin, you know, we really need a solution here. So we had a couple of really just hard days. And I woke up one morning, and I was just like, I felt this darkness just descending on me. I'm a crier, if you don't know. <laughs> Welcome to my tears. But uh, I felt this darkness, and I woke up one morning, and I just said, God, I'm not going down this road because I know that you are a good God and that you have a purpose in everything. And I'm going to choose in this moment right here when I have no hope and I have no solution, I'm going to choose in this moment to thank you and to know that you have a plan. And just kept repeating to myself, you are a good God. You are a good God, and you have a purpose in everything. A few days later, we came across a podcast of somebody that had tried a brand new insulin that had just come on the market that was an inhalable insulin, and they had tried it as a, a diabetic that had reactions. 
So we were able to get our endocrinologist, his endocrinologist, to prescribe it. And the doctor's like, I don't know how to prescribe this. I've never heard of it. We've never used it. No one at Children's Mercy's ever used it. But if you want to try it, go for it. Like, that's how desperate we were. <laughs> They're like, here, have at it. So I'm like, hey, you know, could we, like, come in the office to try it? Because <laughs> I'm afraid he's swelling up with everything else. What if his lungs swell? So anyway, we tried it. And it was really rough for a couple of weeks but his body reacted and responded properly. And God worked out a solution in that, where now he has an inhalable insulin and he only has to get one shot a day, which is like a miracle situation. I'm so thankful. And now I'm telling the world all about Afreza. If you haven't heard of it, you should. <laughs> but God did what I praised him in advance for. He took care of that situation. When I didn't know of a solution, God brought a solution to us because all things work together for good. And even in the darkest moments that we're facing, if we can use our voices to speak life into that situation, there's so much power in there. So take heart, God has a purpose and it's a beautiful purpose. He sees us right where we are. But you know, sometimes we're in a season of waiting and how do we survive that waiting? As a church, how do we survive that waiting in your personal situation? How do you survive that waiting as a mother? How do we keep going and going? And not just going, but thriving and growing and learning. How do we find the strength to do that? If you're a mama here, you can probably remember those first few weeks and months of a newborn with clarity. Blurry clarity. <laughs> You're so tired, and your whole body hurts. Your mind feels numb at times, and the baby cries and cries and cries. Kira had colic. She cried and cried for hours every day. I love you. You are worth it. But they're hungry, and they're tired, and they need changed, and they're cold, and the room is lonely, and where did my mother go? And why is that light so bright? Imagine, they have no way to express themselves but to cry, and so cry and cry, they do. They have so many needs that they can't express in any other way, and, you know, they don't sleep. And when they do sleep, it's at the wrong time of day, you know, and they don't sleep when they're supposed to sleep, and if they do sleep when they're supposed to sleep, they still wake up to eat, so you still have to wake up and feed them, and they require diaper changes because as soon as they eat, they, then they need to go to the bathroom. You know, their bowels are like that small. So they need changed. And if you have a boy in the middle of the night, you go and you take off that groggy, groggy eyed, you take off that diaper to change them. And then they pee in your face <laughs> in reaction to that cold air hitting them. And now you need a shower. But who are you kidding? You needed a shower anyway. You smell like spit up and now you have pee in your hair and you've slept total of five hours in the last two nights. You're probably sitting on a donut. If you don't know what that is, God bless you. <laughs> or if you're a C-section mama like me, you're holding your incision like, ah, I'm gonna die every time you breathe and cough. And yet you have birthed the most miraculous, amazing, incredible child that ever lived. And you cannot imagine loving someone or something any more than you love that little being in that moment that's wreaking havoc in your life. That tiny soul has created the greatest disruption in your life. And there's possibly nothing that you will ever love more. Because you see, disruption often produces great blessings in our lives. But oh, are you tired? And you are bone weary. Your soul is tired. 
And that is really what I felt to speak today. I'm here to speak to someone who is just tired. Your soul is weary. Maybe the tiredness has seeped so deep into you that you almost don't know if you can keep going. Your spirit is weary. Your body is weary. Maybe you're a mama wrestling with the newborn or the toddlers or the teens. And maybe you're not. Maybe you're just tired of fighting whatever battle you're going through. Maybe your soul is just worn out from the battles of life. Maybe you're a mama. Maybe you're not. But both get tired. And physical weariness is something that God designed. You know, we look at it as a bad thing. Do you know you were designed to be tired? God created our minds to go 24-7 without rest. He could have created our bodies the same way, but he did not. He chose for us to need to sleep. You need sleep. Clinically, scientifically, you need sleep. Say, I need sleep. I do need sleep, hallelujah. You literally cannot keep going without sleep. It's in this time that your body is going to rejuvenate. Our cells heal themselves in sleep. Our minds refresh in rest. It is in sleep that children's bodies grow, and it's in sleep that adults' bodies repair. Everything in the physical world is simply a reflection of the spiritual world. In the season of God drawing us deeper, we must realize that in order to grow, we have to learn to rest. And there's a natural element to rest that takes place, but that's not what I'm talking about today. There's also a spiritual element. There is a place of rest and refreshing in the spirit that is designed, it was created to recover our soul weariness. Isaiah chapter 40, verses 28 to 31 say, Have you not known, have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youth shall faint and be weary, and the young man shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've read this scripture and I'm like, I am weary. <laughs> and I love Jesus, but I'm so tired. You know, we've been there. Like, I should run and not be weary. I should walk and not faint. I should not be tired. Why am I tired? Why am I tired? And how many times have I read that and really misunderstood the whole concept of what it was talking about? Whether we are tired to the depths of our souls or have strength, that continues to pour from us is a direct result of who we are depending on. God's strength in that scripture, he talks about it, it's under, his understanding, his power, his might, they're unlimited. But he created us with limitations on purpose. On purpose, we have limitations. He designed us to need him every single day. Just as we need food, just as we need rest, we need him every moment of every day. Our strength will fail. God created your strength to fail. And if you're feeling weary today, there's nothing to be ashamed of in that. God designed your strength to fail. The good news is you are in the right place to have your strength renewed. You are in the place that God designed to have our strength recovered. It's purposely small. Our power and our might is purposely small that we might find the time and make the effort to wait on him every day. Think about it. You find the time to eat every day. It's very important to you. You find a way to rest every day. 
Your body literally shuts down when you don't. But yet, sometimes finding that strength in God, we think it's, well, that's optional. I can do it today. I'll be just fine. But our spirits are weary because we haven't found that strength in him. To wait on God means to give attention to God. When we focus our minds and our spirits and our hearts upon God, when we give him our full attention. That's a thing in our society, full attention. How often do you give full attention to things? We got our phones. How many of you are on your phone right now? I don't even want to know. When I walk through and coming up from downstairs, I'm like, oh, (laughs) all the people are already on their phones because we're so used to doing two things at once that it's a habit. You're not doing it purposely. It's just a habit. We get on our phones or we're doing something else. Our attention is not focused on God. So we're not able to truly be waiting upon him to truly get that renewal that we need because we're distracted. But to give our full attention and focus our hearts and our minds and our spirits upon God. When we give our full attention and we wait on him, that is when he can renew us. That is when we can run and not be weary. That is when we can walk and not faint. We are strong, not weary when we wait on him because we're constantly connected to that source of power. We're constantly getting the renewal that we need. You know, so many times I have cried out to God, God, I cannot. I cannot do this on my own. And perhaps you have as well. You've been in those moments where you're just like, Lord, I cannot do this on my own. And we have these desperate cries to God, and we act like that is something bad. Like, I can't do this on my own. Almost like we're angry about it. When in reality, that's exactly how God designed you to be. You cannot do this on your own. I cannot do this on my own. We are not designed to do this on their own. This is a natural result of our spirits recognizing that we are not enough on our own because you aren't and I'm not and we were not designed to be. Philippians chapter four, verse 13 says, I can do all things through Christ though, who strengthens me. Jeremiah 31 and 25 says, for I will satisfy the weary soul and the languishing soul I will replenish. Think about that. The weary soul and the languishing soul. He's gonna replenish. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 to 30. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You will find rest for your souls. Proverbs 18 and 10. The name of the Lord is a strong fortress. The godly run into him and are safe. Your strength depends on who you're depending on. When we depend on ourselves, we get what strength our bodies can offer, and our souls grow weary. But when we depend on him, we find that he is our rest, and he is our help, and he is our strength, and he is all that we need. (laughs) Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10 says, do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Wherever you are and whatever you are going through, he is enough. Say, he is enough. You can do this. Saint of God, whether you're a mom or you're not a mom, whatever you are facing, he will be enough for what you are facing. Nothing that God has brought you to can bring you down when you depend on him. He has unlimited strength. Through him are all things, and by him all things were created. Unlimited resources, unlimited power. And in order to live overcoming lives, joyful lives. You want to have joy? The joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord only comes from the presence of the Lord. 
You cannot have the joy of the Lord if you do not have the presence of the Lord. The joy of the Lord will be our strength. In order to have overcoming life and joyful life, productive lives, even productive lives, we must tap into his power and we must depend on him. In and of myself, I am nothing and I can do nothing. I am pitifully human, but through God. Through God, I can say to that mountain, be moved, and it has to go. I can say to this situation, it is good. God is going to work it out, and he does, because through him, I have all power. Have you ever noticed, if you haven't, you need to come to more prayer meetings, but if you haven't noticed, after a prayer meeting, you need to come to more prayer meetings anyway, right? We all do. But after a good prayer meeting, I love looking at the church. I love just being in the building with the church because everyone loves each other. There's so much happiness. There's so much love that's flowing among people because God's spirit produces love. But you know, after a good prayer meeting, there's not just love, but there's also a lot of productivity. You will feel like you can do almost anything. Like, I can take on the world. This is, my, this is me and my sister. She's not here today. They're on vacation. Good for them. They, they need, they're getting some physical rest. But, you know, this is our, our common problem. We're like, we see a need. We're like, yeah, we can do that. I can do another thing. Why can't I do another thing? Of course I can do another thing. We can't. No, we can't do it. <laughs> Brother Chad actually made Tiffany say that she would not take on any new responsibilities <laughs> because she just keeps doing that, just adding more things. I can do more. But when you spend time with God, that's what happens. Your spirit, it just feels really productive after your time with Jesus. We're like, I can take that on. I can do that. I can accomplish that because your spirit is replenished. You feel like you can just jump through all those hoops after spending time with God. You love people and you've got all the strength that you need. Nothing seems big or hard. Time with Jesus makes us productive. If you're skipping your time with Jesus because you've got a busy day, that's counterproductive to your life. Time with Jesus makes us productive. Time with Jesus enables us. It's like a good night's sleep, and you wake up with tons of energy. Why? Because time in prayer, in the word, and in the very presence of God, that's how we wait on him. It's how we renew. The Bible promises they that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. It's how we get that strength. It is like sleep for our spirit. It's our rest. When we leave our flesh behind and we enter into the spirit, something incredible takes place. Romans chapter 15 verse 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power, by the power of the Holy Spirit. We want to overflow with hope. We want to have joy. We want to have peace. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 28, verses 11 and 12, for with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people, to whom he said, this is the rest wherein ye may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. Do you need rest? Do you need refreshing? We need the Spirit. We need the Spirit. We need the Spirit that is the rest for the weary. We need the Spirit that is the refreshing for our souls. John 14, 26, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Do you need comfort? The Morgans family needs comfort today. They need the Spirit. You need comfort, you need the Spirit. 
I need the Spirit. We need the Spirit. And sometimes we get used to saying that, like, from a Pentecostal standpoint of, well, everyone needs to be filled with the Spirit. You need the Spirit of God. You need the Spirit to get to heaven. I'm not talking about that type of needing a Spirit. I'm talking about a dependency on the Spirit that says, I can't do anything unless I have God leading me. I can't do anything without his strength. A dependency that goes beyond an initial infilling of the spirit, a dependency that says literally everything that I am, every bit of strength that I have, every bit of refreshing from my soul comes from the spirit of God active in my life. And often when we hear the phrase, we need the spirit, that's what we think of. We think of people that have never experienced the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And if you have not ever received the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, that is the beginning of your refreshing in God and that weariness you feel in your soul being lifted and God filling you with strength and power and might. As we've seen so many people be filled with the Spirit, there's never somebody that's like, oh, cool. They're joyful. They're happy. They're replenished. They're refreshed. They're like, that's the best thing that's ever happened to me. It feels amazing because it is. It's such an amazing thing to be filled with His Spirit. But we, once we've received the Spirit, we have to continue to walk in the Spirit. We have to live in the Spirit, in the place of the Spirit. The Spirit of God should be active in our lives every single day. And whether you are a mama in the house today or not, there will be times when your strength will fail you, both physically and spiritually. We will, not might, we will get tired. And our souls will get weary. That is why we have to have the Spirit every single day. We have to be in the Spirit every day. Being in the Spirit means that we have to make an effort to push past just a few words of praise or a couple of thoughts and talking to Jesus on the way to work. And we have to truly enter into his presence. You know, we wouldn't think for a moment that we could be productive in the natural world without sleep. We know our minds would not think clearly. We know our bodies would not function properly. We know we would become weak and sick. But when it comes to you spiritually, to me spiritually, we often think that we can be productive in the spirit without entering. We can be productive in the church. We can be productive in our spiritual lives without entering into the spirit of God every day, without finding that rest. Sleep is to our bodies what the spirit of God is to our spirits. We know our minds would not think clearly without sleep, but our minds our spiritual mind doesn't think clearly without being in God's presence. We know our bodies wouldn't function properly without sleep, but the body of Christ does not function properly if we are not constantly in the spirit. We know that we'll become weak and sick in our bodies without sleep, but the spirit of God in us is what enables the church not to become weak and sick, enables us not to become weak and sick. We make every effort to ensure a good night of sleep. There are sleep apps, sleeping supplements and pills, a billion-dollar mattress industry. I mean, you know, at any given point, somebody is buying a new mattress because sleep is so vital. It's so important. We've got room-darkening curtains, temperature-controlled pillows, articles beyond number on how to properly prepare your mind and your body for sleep. Books have been written on the subjects. There's even doctors who specialize in sleep. It's so vital to our health but so is our time with Jesus. Entering into the spirit and finding that place of rest and refreshing is just as important as sleep for your body to your spirit. It is in, your, it is in the spirit of God when, this, when you are refreshed, when you are renewed, when you are regenerated. So I asked some questions today. I'm sure most of you today have beds to sleep on. 
You know exactly where you're going to get your rest. But do you have a specific place to meet with God? You make a place for sleep. It's the highlight of our room, right? It's the biggest thing in it. Do we have places that are specifically designed for us to meet with God? We have blankets for comfort. Can't imagine sleeping without a blanket. Or a sleep app that plays noise. Or room darkening curtains that help with rest. Or that pillow that cools your head. Do you have worship music? How do you get into the presence of God? Do you know how to get into the presence of God on a daily basis? What can you and I do to find more time with him? How can we prepare our spirits for rest? Are we making time for strength? Are we making time for refreshing? Are we waiting on him as we should be? There's a song we sing at Christmas, and I always love it. It's the making room song. We laugh about it, too, because we sing it so much. But I'm making room. It's about making room for Jesus. But really, in our lives every single day, we have to make that room. We have to make that room to wait. As moms, I think we have a special connection with God. So if you're, if you're a man here, I apologize. Ladies, I should say. I apologize because I'm not sure that you get this special thing that we have. But throughout the Word of God, God met with women in all kinds of places because he understands our seasons of life and he understands what we're doing and some of the things we have going on. The men would be walking with him and and just being with him a lot of times, but the women, they were working. They were preparing food. They were cleaning things. They were doing stuff. So he would meet them as they were drawing water from the well and he would meet them as they were, you know, preparing the food and he would meet them in all these places. But yet... Their minds, it was a mindset that they were, they were looking, they were searching for God. And so as women, there's times that we're going to be busy. There's going to be things that are happening. And we need to prepare that room. But that shouldn't just be just that room. Like, there's times I prepare my area. I sit on the couch every morning. And sometimes my darling children, they get up too early. And I haven't had this moment. Like, I have prepared this place. This is my place. This is my time. And they come down, they're like, hi, mom. <laughs> That's how I feel. I love them, but I just want to cry. I'm like, yes, I've done it. I've prepared. I've tried. So I'll set them beside me, and I'm just still going to keep my mind focused where it needs to be. I'm just still going to enter into that place of of worship and that place of praise, and I'm going to get up, and I'm going to put the dishes in the dishwasher, and I can't tell you how many times that God meets me as I put those dishes in the dishwasher, and I find myself speaking in tongues. I'm putting them in the dishwasher because, you know, you really don't have to think to speak in tongues. If you don't know, when you speak in tongues, when you enter into that place in the Spirit, part of your brain actually shuts off. The Spirit of God activates an entirely different portion of your brain. They've studied brains as people speak in tongues. So you can be doing things, and your mind is focused on God. And sometimes my kids will say things about my driving, and um, it's a lot because I might be just thinking about Jesus. You know, I'm not thinking about what's happening. I'm not thinking about driving. I'm just thinking about Jesus, so I'm driving down the road. And I remember my grandma is actually here with us today. Let's all give a hand clap to my grandma. But I remember hearing a story about grandpa and I think my dad told it about how he'd just be driving everywhere he'd go and he'd pass, he'd just pass the turn. And my dad, as a little boy sitting in his car, would be like, dad, you were supposed to turn there. He's just like, oh, he was just always deep in the spirit, just praying, just talking to Jesus, just talking to Jesus everywhere he went. So I'm thankful for that heritage and I'm thankful for people that have gone before us. If you had a mom 
or a grandma that prayed for you. I want you to lift your hands. Look at all of these hands. Moms and grandmas make a difference with their prayers. Your prayers go before you because they never die. Prayers never die. They go on and on and on. And I know that every time I stand up here, speak or sing, I'm standing upon the prayers of generations that have gone before me. We're standing upon a, a, a platform that was built by generations that have gone before us. We're standing in places that generations sacrificed for. And you are doing that for your children, where you're at right now. Getting in the spirit, having that strength in your spirit, praying those prayers over your children. You're creating things for their futures. Romans 15 and 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. So you will overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Do we want more joy? Do we want more peace? Do we need hope? We need more of the Spirit flowing through us. Isaiah 28 and 11, for with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. This is the rest wherein you will cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. Yet they would not hear. Will we hear? Will our hearts and our spirits be open to hear his voice? Do I need refreshing? Do I need rest? I've got to get into the spirit. I've got to get into his presence. I've got to be in the house of God every single time that the doors are open. This is where we find our strength. I've got to pray. I've got to pray until I speak in tongues and truly connect to that spirit every day in my own home, but also every time we come together as a church body. If you're filled with the spirit of God, but the spirit of God is not active in your life right now, you, we need to find a place to pray because our spirits are growing weary and we don't even realize what's happening inside of us. We have to have his strength in our lives. I've got to have that strength and you have to have that strength. It's our comfort in this world. It's our refreshing. It's our renewal. It heals. It heals our hearts. It heals the cell, our souls. It heals the cells of our spirit. You know, there are many things about the spirit that I do not understand, but I am learning more every day. But the Spirit, Spirit changes you. When we enter into the Spirit, something supernatural is taking place inside of us. It is a miraculous supernatural thing. Romans 8, 28 says, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep, through wordless groans, that, what that version says, but the King James Version says, with groanings that cannot be uttered, or groanings too deep for words. The Spirit works on things inside of us that we may not even be aware of. When you enter into the Spirit, you will feel like your very heart is speaking to God. And that's because it is. Things too deep for words, things inside, deep inside of me that I, can't, I might not even know are there. You know, when you sleep and your cells rejuvenate, you're not like, you know, my body's fighting an infection right now. So as I sleep, the cells, you're not telling them what to do. You're not saying this is what's taking place. All these are gonna, antibodies are gonna start happening and forming and somehow that scab is gonna form and then grow back skin. You're not telling it what to do. 
Your body is naturally repairing as you rest. And in the spirit, when you enter into the spirit in prayer, when you enter in in this way where it talks about groanings too deep for words and you're speaking in tongues and you're in the spirit, that's exactly what's happening in the spirit world. Offenses that are in our hearts that we don't even realize are there, things that are inside of us, they're being taken care of. Bitterness is being worked on. Your children are being covered. That situation you don't even know about, that you don't even know is happening, is being covered in prayer. That's why it's so important that we enter into the spirit and that we pray real prayers and get deep into the spirit of God. The spirit itself is making intercession for us. At the same time, the spirit is refreshing you. It's interesting that you can be praying and pouring it out at the same time that God is just refreshing and renewing. He's comforting you. He's renewing you. He's strengthening you. He's establishing you. That's why it's so important that we get in the spirit. And it's why it's so important that as I close this message, we get out of our chairs and come to the altars. And Brittany, you can come. I'm almost done. In the Old Testament, there were horns on the altar. These horns served the purpose of tying the animal that was about to be sacrificed and securing them to the place of their death. And the altar, this area, when we come, when we get out of our pews and seats, chairs now. But when we come up and we bow down here, we get out of our pew or seat and we come to the altar or we kneel at the front or we stand, it's really a way of saying, I am bringing this flesh of mine, this flesh that is contrary to the spirit of God. And in a way, we're tying that flesh to the altar and saying, God, I'm not going to move until I am what you need me to be and what you want me to be, until I am in your spirit, until I am submitted to you and to your purpose and to your plan. So the spirit works on things inside of us that we don't even realize are there. While it refreshes and while it strengthens, it's a place here at the altar where our flesh dies and our spirit thrives. So let's all stand. So today, I invite you to come. Come to the altar. If you've never received the Spirit of God with the evidence of speaking in tongues, if you don't know what I'm talking about, we would love, love, love to pray with you. And I encourage you, come to the altar area. Tell someone near you that you've never received the Spirit and that you want to, and we'll pray with you, and you'll receive it just like the Bible talks about. You will receive it because it is a promise from God. It's a promise that He wants to give you, men, women, children, for you and all the generations that come after you. It's a promise that if you have the Spirit, but aren't walking in it like you should be, like the Spirit of God has called us to. I encourage you, be renewed in the Spirit today. Be renewed in your soul. Be refreshed in Him. Find your strength. Find His strength through His Spirit. He wants to give strength to the weary today. He wants to encourage somebody that's discouraged. But we have to have His presence, and we have to have His Spirit, and we have to wait on Him. So let's come. Let's come to the altar. Let's bring our flesh and let's bring our, our bodies and our, our spirits that they might be renewed in him, Jesus. Lord, we want more of you, God. God, we need your strength. We need your spirit, Lord. We need to understand that you are all that we need, that we need to wait on you, that you might renew us, that you might strengthen us, that you might encourage us. God, we've got to be in your presence. We've got to flow in your presence. Jesus, we've got to stay. We've got to wait on you, Lord. 
I pray in your name, God, that you would help us, Jesus. Let these people be strengthened and encouraged in you. Let me be strengthened and encouraged in you, God. Let your hand be upon us, I pray. Oh, God, renew us in your spirit. Renew us, God, in all that you are, in all that you have for us, I pray. In the name of Jesus. Try